Welcome to Table 86, a podcast centered on creatives of color who are transforming the landscape of the food and beverage industry. I'm your host, Geo Darwin. Let's take a seat. Whether photography, recipe development, or writing, creatives in the food and beverage industry vary in their area of expertise. That's why it's so exciting when I come across one who excels at all three. At the table today is Shanika Graham-White, a talented food blogger, photographer, and recipe developer whose work has been featured in Food 52, The Feed Feed, BuzzFeed, and many more. She joins the podcast to discuss the inspiration behind her blog, Orchids and Sweet Tea, and to highlight some of her tips for cooking the delicious gluten-free and vegan recipes you can find in abundance on her website. Before she leaves, we have some fun as she recreates some of my favorite comfort foods with vegan and gluten-free ingredients. I want to thank you so much for being here with me today, Shanika. Thank you for having me, Gio. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do? Sure. So as you've mentioned, I'm a recipe developer. I'm a self-taught cook and baker, food stylist, and writer behind Orchids and Sweet Tea. On a personal tidbit, I'm a mom of a boy, and I just really love food. Like, I've grown up (laughs) in the South, where food is, like, the source of all comfort. Um, It's the thing that brings everyone together. So that's kind of why I kind of stumbled into food blogging. Nice. So, (laughs) you know, um, for most of us, you know, I've done this podcast for a while, and for most of us, like food is the center of our beginning, right? It, it brings us a lot of nostalgia. And you said you grew up in the South, but you're also of Caribbean descent, correct? Uh, my family is from Jamaica. Yes. <laughs> so I'd be interested, like, you know, in knowing your upbringing and how f- food influenced that. Being Southern, food is the one thing. Like, if you go in the South, there's like a billion and one restaurants because that's kind of like how everyone chooses to like spend their time with family or spend their day. Mm -hmm. Um, And then couple that with the Jamaican culture, which is the same thing, literally, like food is the staple. It's really affected like my childhood and how I've just seen like a lot of the adults get together and gather constantly, like especially in the Jamaican culture, like there's Mm -hmm. at least a party like every week just because (laughs) like not because it's Christmas or it's any holiday like literally just because and you know there's music there's games card games like dominoes and then food like food is like the main staple um so yes I grew up seeing that a lot and for me I realized like that's still how people do it today even regardless of what culture they're from so for me that's what food blog does for me it like brings everyone together regardless of race regardless of culture yeah and and that's awesome that's one thing we all have in common um that we yeah. all have to eat right uh, <laughs> right <laughs> it, it, i wouldn't say it doesn't matter what we eat because that certainly matters to many of us but like right. <laughs> but uh, it is something that we all have to do to survive but saying, seeing that, so, you know, you grew up in the South, you've uh, mm-hmm. had this vibrant culture, uh, obviously, uh, from your parents that has also infused in your upbringing. And now you're a mom yourself. So, right. <laughs> <laughs> so how has that influenced, like, the meals you, you create in your home? Well, honestly, I think the difference is um, growing up, I ate, it was kind of like 
a plethora. Like at first, like maybe my first 10 years, I ate a lot of like Southern foods. And then like after, like, I think I I met my dad at like age nine. Mm -hmm. So after meeting him and him coming here from Jamaica, that's when it really like was like total Jamaican food every day, 24 (laughs) seven. And, (laughs) um, and now being that I'm a mom, honestly, I don't really cook that much, that many Jamaican dishes. Like I mostly like, I try to explore a lot, especially Mm. my son, he's a picky eater. So I try to really, now it's like getting really super creative with the meals that I make for him to enjoy. Um, so yeah, I, I stem kind of away from the Jamaican food ever so often I'll incorporate it as you can see on my blog. Um, but yeah, I'm really mostly more open to like a ton of other dishes now. Yeah, and I know a lot of people battle with like, I wasn't necessarily a picky eater as a kid, but I was Mm -hmm. definitely, you know, I I tell people all the time, we made some very basic like meat and potato dishes or meat and rice dishes. (laughs) That's what my parents made. Right, right. So as I got older, I got more adventurous. And um, Mm. definitely if you're on your your blog, you see that, right? We see how adventurous you are. Um, You can make a number of different things. I'm interested in knowing what influenced you to step outside of the box and explore new things, especially with, you know, kind of eating more traditional (laughs) dishes growing up or eating a certain type of cuisine growing up. I would say definitely the moment that I I started motherhood, I really took mm. my health more seriously. Um, not to say that there aren't healthy Southern dishes or Jamaican dishes, but the majority of them aren't necessarily like focused on health. Um, yeah. It's really more so taste. So I think when I started becoming a, when I was a, when, a, when I became a mother, I realized that okay, I definitely have to consider my health more and what I'm consuming. Um, and I think. Once I started doing that, along with the changes in my body, I realized, okay, um, there are so many things out there that I can actually try, like overnight oats and those kind of things is never anything I used to eat as a child. Mm. Um, Not even in my like, young adulthood, I never really tried that. And I was like, well, there's like a lot of that out there. There's a lot of like smoothie bowls and like smoothies and stuff like that. Definitely. I'm not used to. Um, so I think it just was really just when I realized I needed to like take a hone in on my health. That's when I really was like, okay, well, it's time for me to be open. It's time for me to be adventurous. And hey, if I don't like something, I don't have to necessarily eat that. I can try something else. Um, so yeah, I think it was that moment that I just decided like it's time for me to really be adventurous. Definitely. And as a person who loves like, you know, dieting every so often and then getting off the diet and then getting back on it like I think that um (laughs) that sometimes (laughs) like just thinking and being more mindful about healthy eating can lead you to some different options and to try things that you never thought you were you were going to try what would you say was like one ingredient that like you said you would stay away from or never eat that you ended Mm -hmm. up loving honestly that was chickpea I thought that I would never like it. Um, I don't like them. I don't like them now. Um, <laughs> you don't? Oh my gosh. Like that is my go-to now. Like, my Oh, staple. is it? <laughs> it is. Like I thought I wouldn't because I was like, oh, they kind of like smell a little weird. And it's like, you know, it's like in a can and you're just like, well, they just kind of look a little weird. But then like after really like, I think I really began to love it when I tried experimenting a lot more. So now I use it like as a great meat replacer. 
So I use it in like a ton of different ways. And I realized, oh, okay, if you really just season them well, or like some people might not like it cooked down because of the texture. So you roast it and it kind of is a a more meatier texture. So Mm. it's just, I think it just depends on just experimenting with it. But that was the one ingredient that I thought I wouldn't like. And I really ended up loving it. Like it's my staple. (laughs) Yeah. And they are extremely healthy. Like, yeah, yeah. For your health. Um, Right. I'm not a doctor, but I do remember um, somebody <laughs> saying like, uh, you know, you should have chickpeas. They can like reduce your blood pressure. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, right. you know, that's a good one to start with. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was there anything Definitely. else that you, um, were there any other things that like you experimented with that, you know, gave you that same type of gratification? I would say zucchini is another one because I never, like, I, I didn't even know what that was before. Mm. Like actually come. Yeah. And I, surprisingly I've loved, I love zucchini. Like, especially when I put it like as a burger, like certain ah. ways. I, yeah. Like I really love zucchini. I think that's the other one. Yeah. Um, zucchini's good. We're growing cucumbers yeah. in our garden this year. They're actually not doing really Ooh. well. <laughs> Those are the only things <laughs> not doing well, but um, oh boy. you know, I, zucchinis and how you prepare it though right um right. i know a lot of people don't like it because of how it's prepared but if you prepare it correctly like or prepare it a certain way it can be really really flavorful and really good is oh, yeah. there a way that you yeah. recommend preparing it well putting it in a burger mm-hmm. um you can pair that with like quinoa or chickpea if you like it i've tried grilling it which is really good it's really nice tasty. okay grilled um and then I see a lot of people doing it as a fritter I haven't tried that yet but I do want to try that that's my next thing um I see a lot of people yeah doing it as like zucchini fritters and it's really good it it looks good so I'm like I definitely want to try that Uh, as you're scoping out other people's pictures on Instagram and other blogs you're like I want to try that right right." (laughs) yep (laughs) yeah so uh you started to talk a little bit about it uh, as you as you were mm-hmm. talking about like you know the chickpeas and the zucchini. But one thing mm-hmm. I've admired about uh, a lot of your recipes is that you do a lot of gluten free recipes and you like to do a lot of dairy free recipes. You're an excellent recipe developer, but I can imagine it's hard to develop recipes. Oh, you're welcome. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's probably hard to develop recipes that are gluten free and or dairy-free. The first thing I would like to ask you is, is there anything that led you uh, to want to create those type of recipes? Did you not see as many people out there doing that? Did you like, or was it just an interest of yours? It's actually because it's more of a personal um, journey of mine. Um, Mm. Maybe about two, two, three years ago, or maybe two, more two years ago, I found out that I have like IBS. Mm, so it's mm-hmm. really what that is, it's irritable bowel syndrome. So basically, like there's different triggers that everyone has. And there's obviously different symptoms for the triggers. But for me, I've noticed when I eat dairy or a certain amount of dairy and a certain amount of gluten that those were my triggers. I um, see. So after Yeah, so at first, I was kind of ignoring it. And it was just like, uh, I can't not eat dairy because you know, I'm from down south, like who has Right. It's the base of everything Southern. But then I was like, okay, well, I'm tired of struggling like every other day with like symptoms from IBS. So I was like, okay, let me just take this serious. And um, that's really why I just kind of started experimenting and delving into like trying a lot more 
like recipes that I like and trying to see if I can kind of shape them into something dairy-free or gluten-free. And I actually realized that people either suffered from similar or the same things mm-hmm. as me, or they just really love the options of dairy-free and gluten-free. So I just kind of kept rolling. But really and truly, it's just because it's like a personal journey, um, just from realizing that. Yeah. And you kind of say it, all the recipes on your blog aren't gluten-free and dairy-free. No. Uh, no. You, you do venture outside of that. But if I haven't said it already, like everything on your blog looks absolutely delicious um (laughs) so uh, but just from like a little bit of education perspective I guess we can start Mm -hmm. with like gluten-free typically uh what are some main ingredients you can cook with if you are trying to cook gluten-free when it comes to gluten-free for instance if you're making like pasta like now today like because everyone has like some kind of allergen or most people there's like a lot of options out there now so like when you're Mm -hmm. cooking you can you can substitute things um like pastas now they have special like gluten-free pastas i see which Mm -hmm. some are made from like chickpea lentils some are made from like um brown rice and other stuff like that so when it comes to pasta you can definitely yeah sub for that in terms of grains, because grains is another thing that kind of has gluten in it as well. Like a lot of people substitute that for like something called bulgur and then like quinoa. I, or, okay. um, yeah. <laughs> um, and then really and truly like not the starches so much, like the potatoes and those kind of things. I um, love a good french fry. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, really and truly everything else like meat and stuff is fine. So really, it's mostly like just the starchy items. Um, but now, because again, like there's so many allergens out there, so many companies have like the options for like gluten-free stuff. When it comes to baking now, there are like a ton of other flours you can use besides all-purpose. Like there's um, almond flour, there's oat mm. flour, there's like coconut flour, like a ton of different kinds. So like there's so many options today that it makes it a, t- a lot easier to like live a gluten-free life. <laughs> yeah, and so you mentioned like the almond flour and the coconut flour, mm-hmm. which I don't know that I've heard of coconut flour. Obviously, I've heard of coconut milk, but like, don't know if right. I've heard of coconut <laughs> flour. Do you also have to like think about adjustments in terms of like how much you use? And are there any like tips or tricks that have worked for you? Um. Yeah, so honestly, gluten, like gluten-free recipes has been my biggest challenge. Um, ah, okay. That's why that a ton on my blog but I have been stretching myself especially this year to like extend that so as Mm -hmm. you can see like you see now you see me doing more of it yep um mostly in baking especially because the flowers can be so tricky um yeah like unlike all-purpose flour like a lot of the gluten-free flours like you have to add less liquid because they are not as like they don't hold up as well I see. So okay. you either, yeah, so you either have to have like a really good binder. So usually with gluten free, if you're not, if you want to do it vegan and gluten free, and you're not using eggs, you kind of have to make like flax seed milk, um, flax seed eggs, or like chia eggs to kind of be a binder. Or you can uh, use okay. like pureed applesauce or like bananas to be a binder. Um, but my trick that I've learned, um, I don't know if you know about. Well, I know that Bob's Red Mill has like a really good one-to-one flour so it's Mm -hmm. like it's a mixture of gluten-free and then I think another type of flour that allows it to kind of bake really well like regular 
stuff. So I usually use that mostly and then mix it in maybe with like almond flour or another type of flour. Um, but if you're just using like straight gluten-free flour, I definitely always recommend um, reducing the liquid amount. So like not using as much milk and mm. slowly adding it until you get the consistency that you want. Because um, it's definitely with gluten-free baking, you have to be a lot more delicate. <laughs> I see. It's not uh -huh. just like a rush. Yeah. So that's my tip. That's what I've learned. And that's kind of how I mastered it. Nice. And are there any like gluten-free recipes now like you know a lot of times when I ask people about recipes on their blog like just like mm -hmm. when I do an interview I'm like this was one of my favorite interviews because they're all your favorite interviews <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> are there any um recipes on your blog gluten-free recipes on your blog that like get the most traffic I have um my pop tarts definitely so mm. I make them vegan, but then I also give a gluten-free option. So a lot of people actually love my homemade Pop-Tarts. Okay. Um, but I think like one of my main, main ones are my flourless waffles. So nice. I have like a banana oat flourless waffle, but then I recently did a sweet potato version. And yeah, Ooh. people love it because one, it's made in a blender. And two, like there's literally, it's all made out of oats. And yeah. <laughs> so yeah do you like really them better it. than like, regular gluten full waffles <laughs> i would say i do because it's really just as filling like because you know oatmeal is really super filling and it's yeah. really healthy like it gives you that fiber and it gives you all the vitamins and minerals um so i've loved to i've learned to enjoy them like they really are as filling as regular waffles awesome well it, they sound amazing <laughs> um anything like i'm, I'm fully yeah. on the sweet potato bandwagon um so mm -hmm. like any anything <laughs> sweet potato is is like it's near crazy. and dear to my yeah. heart <laughs> i <Right>. actually <laughs> just got at the farmer's market sweet potato greens Ooh, okay. uh which i haven't made yet but i stay okay. tuned um but yes. apparently they can be used in place of spinach and it's just the vines Ooh. of the sweet potato Wow. Oh, you have to tell me how that sound turns I, out. I, I, <laughs> I will. I will. I will. But it, it, it sounds good. Um, yeah, it does. Switching gears a little bit. Uh, mm -hmm. We talked about the gluten-free, but I'd also like to talk a little bit about dairy-free stuff. And I think most right. people get the sense of what dairy-free is because... I think growing up, milk was a big thing for us. I know we're around the same age, but right. milk was a, milk, milk and eggs and all, all the dairy was like part of the food pyramid. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. yep. But there has been um, recently, I, I know a lot more people recently have gone vegan or have, have um, implemented dairy-free diets. And mm -hmm. what do you find are the most common ingredients you use when you're either developing a dairy-free dish or um, just thinking about cooking dairy-free? Oh, so two things. Actually, one, I've learned that eggs are not considered dairy. Really? I didn't know that. I know I did not know that, but I researched and I was just as shocked as you are right now. <laughs> <laughs> so that's one. Like I thought they were like one. right under milk as dairy. I know, no. Like in, in a dairy-free diet, it's not considered dairy. So you can still use it if you choose to incorporate it. So that's pretty cool. Nice. But if you're vegan, <laughs> yeah. you can't do it, right? 
Right, right. Vegans don't use eggs. Yeah. Vegans don't use but, um, eggs, but dairy-free. That's an no. important distinction. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I didn't know that. I was just as shocked as you. I learned that recently. Um, but yeah, so obviously eggs I can still use um, when doing dairy-free. So that's one of my go-to ingredients if I'm making like a cake or something that incorporates that. Um, but usually other than that, I really use a lot of like the dairy-free milks. And mm. that's really what I drink anyway. I don't... I, actually drink whole milk so for me uh, my milks are dairy-free just by default even my son doesn't drink um regular milk he drinks coconut milk so it's just interesting yeah so it's easy for me to incorporate the dairy-free because it's kind of like by default in my house anyway um but yeah but I use like a lot of the dairy-free milks like almond you can use um coconut you can use oat milk you can use um macadamia nut milk you can use like there's so many different options yeah um, um i did yeah. not know that there was a macadamia nut you're teaching me tons of things yeah. i didn't know that there was a macadamia <laughs> nut milk is there yeah. anyone that is like your favorite or even one maybe not your favorite just because you seem to have your pulse on a lot of different types of of dairy-free milks <laughs> but is there one that right. you find most interesting or that you've you know, discovered that you were like, wow. Yes, there was actually, I tried recently flaxseed milk, which I was presently surprised. I didn't think that I would find that interesting. Yeah, um, it's really like, it's really as liquidy as coconut milk. So it's, and it kind of has like a distinct taste, but not really. So surprisingly, (laughs) like, I feel like you can incorporate that in a lot of different dishes. Um, Is it one of those flavors that is, now, is it one of those flavors that is like foreign? Like, you know, when you eat something and, or, or drink something and you're like, mm-hmm. this doesn't taste like anything <laughs> tasted before. Um, or like, right. oh, it's kind of akin to this. <laughs> I would say it's kind of akin to like almond milk, okay. coconut milk, kind of. Yeah. So it's not that foreign where it's like, oh, I haven't tried like hemp seed milk or any of those. So I'm pretty sure those are probably more foreign tasting than um, the flaxseed milk. Yeah, it it is more like akin to um, like almond milk or like coconut milk. Yeah, so if somebody likes those, then they would probably like flaxseed milk. Yeah, they would probably like it, yeah. That's that's good to know. And then, you know, (laughs) just like with the gluten-free, what would you say are your dairy-free recipes that you see on your blog that, you know, people gravitate towards? Um, I would say they gravitate towards... Um, I think I made dairy-free scones like maybe three months ago or so. Um, They really love that. And then I think I made a sheet cake that people really love. Oh, okay. That was also dairy-free. Yeah. So I I think those two were like the main. And then there's like my milkshakes, which I noticed people kind of love those too. Yeah. 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 (laughs) A dairy-free milkshake. Uh, What flavors do you have on your blog? I have a chocolate milkshake that's dairy-free. And then I also have like a cashew milk one. And then I think I have a vegan version that was like peanut butter and pecans. Oh, those all sound good. (laughs) One of the things I see with you is that you put out so much content. You put out a lot of content. I've been seeing you do videos recently. Right. And... I know, you know, we talked, we're like Instagram friends. Um, <laughs> we've been right. following each other for a while. And I, I do, I would be remiss right. if I didn't say, um, it is exciting just to be having this conversation with you. 
But also, I'm so honored. (laughs) Yeah, it's just, it's (laughs) great to have this conversation with you. But also, you, I've seen you um, over the past like two months, three months or so, uh, really get a lot of notoriety. Um, I've seen your Instagram grow, which I would like to note, like you had to start over your Instagram account. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah start, start from, start it from the bottom. Now you're here, right? Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> um, That's a good one. <laughs> so I, I would like to ask you about that. Like this, mm-hmm. um, what I'll say, I, I shouldn't say newfound mm-hmm. fame because you've been around for a while, but you're definitely right. getting a lot of nor- notoriety, rightfully so recently. And how has that been right. for you and how have you been managing it? It's been a whirlwind, honestly. Um, I didn't expect it, so it wasn't prepared. So it was really <laughs> crazy. It right. was like really crazy when it happened. Um, so yeah, it's been definitely a whirlwind. I've been doing my best to manage as much as possible, um, especially with like all the engagement now and like the DMs and you know now the emails and yeah. like so much. Yeah. So I've been trying my best to like manage as much as I can. Um, but yeah, I definitely can say that it's been a whirlwind, but a fun one at that. Um, like you said, like I've been doing this for some time and you know, when it's, when it comes to food blogging, like it's not an easy journey whatsoever. Any Mm -hmm. food blogger, you know, you, you already know, like it's a lot of work, a lot of sacrifice, a lot of not being noticed while you're even, you know, pivoting um, through the process, but it's definitely kind of refreshing to really like see that like people are now seeing it. Um, you know, for a lot of people, this is new, but like you said, you've been following me and I've noticed some people that have been following me from like the very beginning. And mm-hmm. they're like, I've definitely seen like the growth from yep. like when you first did your first recipe all the way until today. And it's like, you know, it's, it's really refreshing to like get more eyeballs, but it's definitely, again, like I said, a whirlwind, especially during this time where it's like, we're in the middle of a pandemic and then exactly. you have like the Black Lives Matter movement and like so much stresses. So it kind of feels like it's stress and at the same time, it's like, oh, it's nice, but not really that nice. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, <laughs> you know, you're like in the gray area. It, it's definitely, <laughs> yes, I agree with you. I think the, the uh, you said it perfectly. It's a, it's a gray area. And I also hope like this, this attention isn't uh, performative, right? That it's not just a moment right. in time. Like, You've been existing and doing dope content for quite a while, you know. Um, How long have you been blogging (laughs) in total? Um, In total, about four or five years. Yeah, similarly, like I'm in the same boat, been blogging, kind of Instagramming about the same amount of time. And um, sometimes it feels like a a lonely journey. And Yeah, definitely. I just want to commend you. Uh, for for all you're thank doing, you. and thank you. I guess I would say, what's next for you? Well, next for me, well, right now I'm in the midst of like doing over my website, so that's like one new thing that I'm dying to like show you guys because you know nice. it, it was it took a lot of hard work to do, um, not just like brain power in terms of just kind of figuring out how I want it to be represented, but financially as well, it's like the biggest investment I've ever made in my blog. And Mm. although it was scary, like I just want you guys to get the best experience that you can get when you come on to Orchids and Sweeties. So honestly, I did it as a way just to kind of like thank everyone who has been following me from like the very beginning. 
And, you know, I just want you guys to, again, come on there, feel like, you know, like you can find everything that you're looking for, because now things will be a lot more organized. Um, yeah, and just to kind of feel like how I want you to feel. Like, I just want Definitely. you guys to understand, yeah, how it represents me. Um, so that's for right now. Um, hopefully going forward, I would hope to have like my first cookbook soon. Um, you will. And, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and yeah, um, I do want to open like a bakery. That's my dream to open a bakery in Brooklyn. Nice. Um, yeah. So let's see what the future holds. I don't know. Now is the part of the show where we do a table topic, Shanika, which is an opportunity for my guest to bestow some knowledge on my listeners. <laughs> so for you, I thought I'd do something fun and uh, think of one of my favorite dishes and okay. tell me how you would make that dairy-free and gluten-free. Gotcha. And... You already mentioned like pasta earlier, but the dish that I thought mm -hmm. about for you was a chicken and broccoli Alfredo. And how would you go about making mm -hmm. that um, gluten-free and dairy-free? Okay. First, so we'll start with the pasta. So we can use um, gluten-free pasta. Mm -hmm. So that's the first as the base. Um, the chicken and broccoli are already fine, so you don't have to worry about that. And then for my sauce, I actually have an Alfredo pasta recipe on my blog. Ooh, and nice. for the sauce, <laughs> for the sauce, I actually used cashews and cauliflower. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, so I know, interesting. Um, so yeah, if you use the cauliflower and the cashews, and then you use um, vegetable broth, and then I believe you use a dairy-free milk and then obviously you season it up. That will be your sauce. So that's a way to make it dairy-free and gluten-free. Now, if I wanted to have ice cream for dessert, what would you recommend? Mm -hmm. Ooh, ice cream. Um, I would recommend, actually, I know a lot of people use um, frozen bananas as their base. Mm. So you can, yeah, so you can definitely use that to make a dairy-free ice cream. Um, if you wanted to make it vegan entirely, I've heard people say to make it really creamy, they use avocado. Or you ah. can use um, canned coconut cream. Nice. Do you have a favorite <laughs> brand since, uh, you know, a lot of us aren't supporting Goya anymore? <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. Um, for the coconut cream, you can actually, I actually use Thai Kitchen. I like their ah, coconut My cream. husband just brought home some of that and I do like it. Oh, yes. It's really good. It's really good. <laughs> what if I wanted to add a cookie on top of that? Ooh, um, I definitely, depending on the flavor, I would say go for a gluten-free cookie because I know that they have those. Um, yeah. I think even Oreo versions of like gluten-free cookies or if you like vanilla wafers, they have that as well. Um, unless you wanted to make your own at home, but if you wanted something quick and easy, I would just say pick up a box. Just buy it. But if I wanted to make yeah. it at home, what would you do? If you wanted to make it at home, I actually would, well, the cookies for dairy-free, it's pretty easy because really you need um, egg. So mm. that could be, depending on the type of cookie, if you wanted it to be chocolate chips, you can just use dairy-free chocolate chips. Okay. Which I use Enjoy Life. 
yeah. So um, Enjoy Life Foods has a nice brand of dairy-free chocolate chip cookies. Um, dairy-free chocolate chips. If you wanted to make it gluten-free, you'll just substitute the flour. So if you wanted to make it out of, let's say, almond flour, you would just get that, and then you'd get xanthan gum. If because yep. usually gluten-free, yep, gluten-free flours don't have that, so you have to add that. Um, unless you get obviously the Bob's Red Mills one-to-one baking, then it's just using that. Oh, sounds good. <laughs> So thank you so much for being here today, Shanika. If my listeners want to follow you on social media or learn more about your blog, how do they get in touch? Um, Okay, so first and foremost, they can visit my website at orchidsandsweettea.com. And if you want to follow me on social media, I am on all platforms, but I'm mostly mainly on Instagram. So you can follow me at orchids and the letter N, sweet tea underscore. Thank you for having me.